Welcome back to Dear Younger Me, a Christian-based podcast created to help you get to a place of healing. My name is Whitney, and I'm your host. Today's episode is Dear Younger Me, You Deserve Love Too. I'm super excited for this episode. Um, We're going to be talking a lot about self-love and the definition of it and how to cultivate it, why it's important. We're also going to talk a little bit about self-talk and negative and positive self-talk and how to train yourself to positive self-talk if you are a negative self-talker, which we all can be in this day and age. It's very easy to get caught up in negative self-talk. But then we're going to talk a little bit about the Bible view of self-love and then some things you can do to improve your self-love, to improve that part of you. If you had a rough childhood, a lot of us, especially myself, I feel like I have dealt with and I'm still dealing with self-love and self-worth and self-compassion issues. And it's a process and just giving myself grace and knowing that my identity is in Christ is really helpful. But yeah, so let's get into it. So I found this quote online um, by Jeffrey Bornstein. He's an MD, the president of the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation. He says that self-love is a state of appreciation for oneself that grows from actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. Self-love means having a high regard for your own well-being and happiness. Self-love means taking care of your own needs and not sacrificing your well-being to please others. Self-love means not settling for less than you deserve. Self-love is something that I feel like it means different things to different people. And for me, it's how I'm talking to myself. If I'm talking to myself in a loving way and prioritizing myself, it's, you know, giving myself grace from judgments, forgiving myself for mistakes, trusting myself, all of that good stuff. In essence, I feel like it's just learning to show up and care for yourself the same way that you do for others. Showing yourself grace and compassion regularly, regardless of what you look like, what you did, what the scale says, what others think. It's really closely knitted to self-esteem and self-compassion. It's a skill that you can learn to develop if, if you grew up in a house where, you know, you weren't spoken life into, you know, your parents didn't speak that into you. It's really important when you're a child that you get life spoken into by your parents, that you get your identity spoken into by your parents. And they're getting that identity through Christ and the identity he's given you and they're speaking that into you. But that doesn't always happen. And, you know, for some people that grew up in healthy environments, this comes really naturally, this self-love. But for others that maybe had a chaotic or unstable upbringing, you might have some deeply rooted beliefs about yourself that are untrue. And this can look like you're the person to blame, you're unworthy of love, there's something wrong with you. And when you grow up like that, sometimes it's really easy to forget your own boundaries because you want to keep other people comfortable. But in order to be healthy, self-love is so important. Developing that healthy relationship with yourself actually helps the relationships around you as well. When you love yourself, you're able to show up for others in a different way. You tend to put them before yourself and that makes you approachable. That makes you able to be related to easier. 
you'll improve your relationships through love and how you show up for others. I think that it also helps because we stop comparing, we stop competing when we truly love ourselves. We just know our inherent identity and we don't need to compete. We don't need to compare. And that just helps our relationships become more wholesome. And that's something that I particularly saw shift in my life when I just showed up with my self-love, my true identity. All I had to be is myself. And I knew that that was enough. No one could take that away from me. Um, And that would attract people that were meant to be in my life, not attract people that weren't meant to be in my life. I also think it gives this sense of security When you love and accept yourself, you realize that you were created exactly how you are for a purpose. God created you that way in his image. And nobody can take that away from you. So if you're ever dealing with any kind of insecurity about yourself, I just recommend going straight to the word, getting in the Bible, letting God tell you who you are. Because your creator has so much to say about you. And when you have that in the foundation of your heart, when you know truly how loved and uniquely created you were, you have such a firm foundation for your inherent worth. I feel like when you develop and cultivate this life of self-love, you're able actually to access more love in your life. You're opening up yourself to giving and receiving the same love. And it kind of creates like a ripple effect, which is really cool. For me, I feel like it's helped me deal with many different emotions like anger, anxiety, depression. You know, I started a podcast because, you know, I'm, I'm unashamed of the emotions and the things I've struggled with. And that comes from cultivating a life of self-love and knowing that you know my words matter the things I have to say matter and that wasn't something I was taught in fact you know I got a lot of um, pushback for it and when you practice self-love you can deal with people not being supportive people not liking you people not liking the words you say and still feel good about yourself no matter what I want to transition here and talk a little bit about self-talk and what that means and, you know, different kinds of self-talk and things like that. So we'll start with the definition. Self-talk is the way you talk to yourself or your inner voice. Self-talk has a really big role in how you feel and what you do. Self-talk can be positive or negative. So positive self-talk makes a person feel good about themselves by encouraging or motivating a person to keep going, look on the bright side, view the glass as half full versus half empty, and puts things into perspective. Negative self-talk, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. Negative self-talk limits a person's abilities, causing detrimental effects on self-esteem and self-worth. So there are different types of negative self-talk. And I'm just going to read a couple common ones that you might have heard or even said to yourself before. I'm not good at this, so I should avoid attempting it for my own personal safety. I can never do anything right. I don't deserve to be happy. I'll fail anyways, so what's the point of trying? 
That looks really hard. Even if I tried, I'd never be able to do it. So these are just some examples. If you feel like you struggle with negative self-talk, I just want to talk a little bit about how to change because this is something that I have to find myself doing pretty frequently. The first thing is you want to catch yourself. So whether that looks like starting to add more positive self-talk into your self-talk inner voice or just being able to catch it when it happens. The other thing is to remember that thoughts are not necessarily facts. They're not necessarily the truth. So I remember a couple years ago when I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts that I've talked about on the show, which is The Adult Chair. She talks a lot about figuring out if something is a fact, the truth, versus a lie. And a lot of the time you'll find that negative self-talk is not the truth or it's exaggeration. And being able to capture these in the moment and ask yourself the question, is this the truth or is it a lie or an exaggeration is really important because you get to replace it with the truth. And that's the positive self-talk. So the last one I want to talk about is treating yourself and talking to yourself like you would a child or a friend. And let's be honest, the negative self-talk examples that I mentioned, you would never say that to your friend. So why are you saying it to yourself? And honestly, one thing that really helped me in this department, because I come from a family with a lot of negative self-talk, just a lot of negative talk in general, and just surrounding yourself with people that are positive, it's life-changing. And I notice that sometimes I find myself slipping and, you know, I'll be negative and be like, okay, no, like I can't say that. I contain it a lot. So if I'm going to negative self-talk, instead of voicing it and giving it power, I contain it. And I'm like, okay, in my head, I'm like, is this the truth or a lie? It's a lie. Contain it. Replace it with a positive thought. But surrounding myself with people that were more positive, that already had cultivated this life of self-love and self-esteem and self-compassion and self-respect and all of this and are just positive people, you'd be surprised at how much your life changes when you surround yourself with people that are positive. When I've said in previous episodes that quote that talks about you become the average of the five closest people you hang out with, this is so valid here. You really do. And you're able to catch yourself when you're you know, thinking negatively or you say something, you're able to catch yourself more easily when you're around people. They kind of hold you to a higher standard. And that's really important because negative self-talk can be contagious. Have you ever noticed when you're around people that are negative, like you just kind of feed into that? So I just highly encourage you to find friends, family, whoever that speak positive that you can learn from. I know for me, Finding friends that came from healthy families with healthy communication has been life-changing for me because I'm able to witness something that I didn't grow up with. So it's teaching me how to cultivate self-love, how to cultivate healthy communication, how to cultivate positivity, 
in the way I speak. I mean, the Lord says there's life and death in the tongue. Like there's so much power in our words. And I've even been the person in my family's life where I'm like calling people out when they're negative or when they're using cuss words or whatever. I'm just, I'm holding people accountable because I want people to hold me accountable. And I've seen the life shift in my own life that happens when you start talking positively, when you start hanging out with people that are positive, when you start to cultivate self-love, when you start to recognize your identity in Christ and your life changes. I've seen the life-altering changes that happen, and I want that for everybody. And it sounds crazy to say, but for me, it started in things as simple as self-love, caring about myself and prioritizing myself and doing the things that I know that God wants me to be doing because he has a higher calling for me. It's controlling what I'm saying, negative self-talk, positive self-talk. And these little tiny changes are things that'll change your entire life. I know we kind of went on a little bit of a tangent, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the mind and body connection because if anything will help you change negative self-talk, let me just talk about this really quick. So negativity actually sends our body into stress. It sends it into fight or flight mode. And if you don't know what that is, our body's designed to deal with stress by releasing cortisol into the bloodstream which makes you more alert and more focused. And while some stress is good for us, you know, if there's a fire or something happening where we need to have these neurotransmitters and these hormones pumped into our blood, for sure, let's go. But too much can be bad for your health. So extended periods of negativity slows digestion, decreases the immune system's ability to fight inflammation, Some other common effects would be headaches, chest pain, fatigue, upset stomach, which kind of goes to slow digestion, sleep problems, insomnia, anxiety, depression, social withdrawal, drastic changes in metabolism, so overeating or undereating. Prolonged negativity also can hurt your mental health, which we talked about anxiety and depression, but it can make individuals more likely to turn to substances like smoking or drugs as a way of coping. So isn't that insane that we treat the mind and the body separately, but how we talk, how we think, it truly does impact our bodies more than we know. One of my favorite quotes that I found in college was, what you think you become. It's by Buddha. But I truly believe that the mind and body just have this special connection And that when you positive self-talk, there's so many benefits, increased lifespan, improvements in self-esteem, stress management, positive well-being, improves your body image, reduced risk of self-harm and suicide, helps with chronic pain, motivates you to overcome obstacles, decreases symptoms of depression and anxiety and personality disorders. You have a better cardiovascular health and reduced risk of death from cardiovascular disease, stronger coping skills during hardships and times of stress. That's insane to me. The last thing I want to talk about is just this biblical view of self-love. 
God knows us better than we know ourselves, which is wild to me. But this means that if we pursue communion with God, the one who knows all things, we will in turn learn and know more about ourselves. By learning more about the beauty and wonder of God, we realize that it's God who extended grace to us for our past mistakes and extends grace to us now through our current anxieties and uncertainties. So this biblical view of self-love is one where we're setting boundaries and we're living healthy and peaceful lives. And I just love that. Um, That's something that really helped me. And I just kind of wanted to wrap up this episode by saying, I don't agree with this worldview that, you know, self-love, you know, it's all about you, you, you. No, I... I think that if you were raised in an environment where, you know, it was never about you, your identity was absolutely tarnished because your parents didn't speak life into you, didn't speak your God-given image and identity into you, that you need to go back and fix that, you know, and that takes time, that takes prioritizing yourself. But let me just tell you that all of the good things that you'll come to know about yourself are all God, all his unique crafting, all his character, because we're made in his image. An exercise that you can try at home if you're struggling with self-love is look at yourself in the mirror for 30 seconds each morning and repeat, Whitney, I love you. See what comes up for you. See if it feels weird. See if it feels great. Just sit in that and repeat it as many times as you need to believe it. And even if you need to just envision that God's saying that to you, because he is, he loves you so much. He wants the absolute best for you. He wants to mend your broken heart. He wants to redeem all of your past. I wanted to wrap up by just talking about a couple of ways that you can love yourself. And these are Christian-based. So the first one is learn, value, and accept your identity in Christ. God loves you. He values you. He cherishes you. He delights in you. You're precious to Him. Do you value yourself in the same way God does? Pray to receive His love, care, and compassion. Stop comparing yourself to others. Keep your eyes on the Lord instead. He has a plan and a purpose that only you can fill. Spend some time thinking about your positive traits, your gifts, your abilities. He gave them to you. And he values how you use them for him. Know who you are and accept how he made you. Recognize that you're not perfect. No one is perfect. Being a Christian is a journey of sanctification, becoming more Christ-like. Don't let your mistakes define who you are. Listen to the voice of God and not the voice of the enemy. 
Forgive and show compassion to yourself. Give yourself the same grace that Jesus does. Learning how to give ourselves grace helps us love and respect ourselves. Don't be afraid to ask him for help when you need it. He wants to give us his strength, guidance, and help when we struggle with our self-worth. My biggest advice is to get in the word of God. You'll learn God's character, what he says about you. And I know for me, that was life-changing when it comes to loving myself because I realized through reading the word and just how God loves me and how he loves his people, that no one can take that away from me, that that's inherent. And that gave me a whole new platform to stand on. It gave me a solid foundation that this world can't take away. And that's where love and joy and peace and hope and all of these wonderful gifts come from. They come from God. To close today's episode, I'm going to read a very famous Bible verse. It's 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dear Younger Me. If you like what you're listening to, leave us a review or a rating and tell your friends and family. You can also follow us on Instagram at Dear Younger Me Podcast underscore. I hope you guys have a great holiday season and we'll talk to you soon.